Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Under the Wings Helmet. I'm Kyle Simmons, and I'm joined by former Michigan and NFL offensive lineman Thomas Gwines and the host of the ASAP Elite podcast, Rob Penn. This week's episode is sponsored by Jabs Gym. Learn the fundamentals of boxing through high-intensity cardio and strength workouts with locations in Metro Detroit, the Eastern Market, Ferndale, and Birmingham. So I'm going to start this episode off the same way I started off our first episode one year ago, if you guys remember. The two-time defending Big Ten champion Michigan Wolverines. How's that sound? That sounds immaculate. That sounds proper. That sounds like the way things are supposed to be. Sounds like the way things always should be. Yes, sir. Um, definitely looking forward to this season. We're starting off with some question marks and some unknowns based off of some of the coaching shenanigans, NCAA uh, internal policies, if you will, that has been levied by the university. So I'm sure we're going to be delving into that. But all that to be said, um, I'm really looking forward to how the boys and the coaching staff respond to some of these. And I won't even really call them problems. I would basically say these are some early season hurdles, possible distractions, if you will. But overall, based off of what I've seen at some practices, spring games, things of that nature, I definitely feel like we got the horses to repeat or three P. Three P. I like the sound of that. Three P. So the Wolverines were coming off a thirteen and one record in twenty twenty two, and as I said before, second consecutive Big Ten title, second straight appearance in a college football playoff. So the excitement, the expectations here in Ann Arbor are, and throughout Wolverine Nation are kind of through the roof right now. So uh, Rob, um, your overall excitement level. What just how do you feel about this going into Week One? I feel like I'm getting ready to watch Mercury Hayes, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe some Elvis Gerback back in those days, you know, uh, when I was growing up, a kid, you know, we were dominant, a money tumor, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm pumped, man, I'm pumped. Like I say, it just makes me feel like I was when I was a kid and we were dominant and running through everybody and, you know, just something to look forward to, the pride, the camaraderie, you know, and uh, being able to wear this black M anywhere in the country, you know, and people respect it, you know, it's something different, it's something different. And I, I can't wait. And I was just telling my lady, man, we got to put up 60, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we got to put up 60. That's just how it is. You know, uh, I'm pumped, brother. That's that's about it. That's all I can say. All right. So, yeah. Who's pumped right now? This Saturday, the number two ranked Michigan Wolverines host East Carolina for a noon kickoff at the Big House. Mm -hmm. uh, the Pirates are coming off their best season since joining the AAC this year. So, they've, they're feeling really good, but they did lose their starting quarterback, who actually finished his career as a number 11 passer in FBS. So I know that they're losing a big piece right there with him. Um, but Thomas, um, going into this opener, uh, what are the main things you're going to keep your eye on? 
the biggest thing I'm looking for right now is our ability to press the gas and stay on the gas. Um, I think this is one of those games where, you know, like Rob said, we got to put up 60. This is this is technically a lose-lose game for us. Um, if if we win the game, but we don't win the game in a commanding fashion and get the style points, it's a loss. Obviously, if we take an L, it's a major loss, right? And so I caution people about this East Carolina team. You know, a lot of teams like ECU are basically filled with a lot of guys that probably could have played at major D1 programs, but either behavioral issues or grade issues is what caused them to land where they landed. Now, to your point, Cobb, they're coming off a really good season. Um, They're probably still on a high, even though they lost their quarterback. There's probably something within their system based off of the stat that you just gave system-wise if they're able to replicate the the talent aspect, but I believe the system is going to still be in place for them to try to air the ball out. So what am I looking for? I'm looking for overall us to press, press the gas from quarter one to quarter four. Secondly, our ability to, to get to the pass rusher. And thirdly, I think most importantly, what a lot of people are looking forward to seeing is what is our rushing attack going to be like? Are we going to be able to duplicate that two-headed monster that we had last year. Um, what's Blake's? What's the condition of Blake's knee? And also, again, as a former offensive lineman, how dominant can we be up front? Again, I don't think these guys are going to try to play mano a mano with us up front. I think they're going to try to more or, or out athletic us, if you will, speed rusher stunts, things of that nature. Try to confuse us and kind of take away our advantage of just. Of, of being bigger individuals, right? So our ability to come into the game with the proper mindset, kill everybody and burn everything in our wake, that needs to be the mindset coming into this game. Because I'm telling you here now, if we let this game stay anywhere competitive, it's going to be an issue. It's going to be an issue we're going to hear about all week. And it's going to be an issue um, possibly in the psyche down at the at the building what we call the building, Beckler Hall, as far as, hey, we're the number two team in the country and we've done all of this work and people have been singing our praises. We've won the Joe Moore Award and all of these different accolades right now. And this is what we come out and, and produce. This is what we give the people. That's a problem. So if we're able to do the things that I, I just spoke upon, press the gas from quarter one to quarter four, be dominant up front on both sides of the ball, and also be able to rush rush the ball effectively and get those first downs when we need to. We can't settle for field goals. We got to get six. If we do those things, I definitely feel like we're going to be on the right track. Hey, I'll tell you this: CJ2K is not walking through that door. And if CJ2K was on that field for Eastern Carolina, they still wouldn't score more than six points. We about to come out here. We gonna set the tone. We gonna eat their lunch. We ain't even got to tenderize the ribs. We're going to have it our third, our fourth. You know, we're going to have our our, our uh, predicted red shirts come in and get a couple snaps. You know what I'm saying? Feel good about themselves. But, you know right. what I'm saying? I can't wait, bro. Uh, East Carolina is always a good program. Always. The Pirates are always kicking out a good team. Like you said, they're a bunch of bounce backs. You know, a lot of Juco uh, cats that, you know, probably – went to a high-ranking uh, program, fell back, and now it's their second chance, last chance, you type scenario. But still on and all, they're a good ball club. 
Don't know much about them the last couple of years. Uh, they're new. I think that we're going to come out and just dominate and set the tone. And uh, it's not going to be close at all. Hey, Thomas. Talk let to me you. ask you a question. Uh, run to pass ratio this game. I think we at least need to be 75% run. And, again, that's just – again, the, the, the run game offensively, and especially for us up front, it's about mentality and setting the tone and understanding what our identity is. Yeah, we, we got a great quarterback, and, you know, we got a lot of weapons um, outside as far as the receivers and stuff go. But our ability to set the tone to say that we are definitely here to play bully ball right? Mm-hmm. And I think that plays better into our favor. It's more advantageous for us because if you're coming in expecting to play bully ball and you start loading that box up and, you know, we're, we're doing our thing, we're doing our thing, then we hit you over the top. Mm-hmm. Kind of like taking candy from a baby. So I'm hoping that we have at least 225 to 250 yards rushing. That's 75, 25, uh, that's you know that's a pretty good uh, prediction, and that's a that's a win. That's a dominant football game. Yeah, it's a dominant performance. And the other caveat to that too is we're not we're not showing too much. I can't go into this game thinking that you know we're we're going to be delving deep into the playbook. So I I'm looking for us to keep this relatively vanilla, hoping mm-hmm. uh, or going with the expectations of you know we're just going to outman you, um, based off based off of our talent pool. And because of our talent pool, we should be able to keep it relatively vanilla showing on both sides of the ball, right? And, yep. Until we start getting into the thick of the 10. But at this particular point in time, based off of our pre-conference uh, schedule, um, it, it should just be relatively vanilla. We still should be dominant. Mm-hmm. But at the same point in time, no need to delve too deep into the playbook and give any cats any sort of scouting material as, as we continue to move forward into the conference. Our quarterback coach will be calling plays, you know, so. As he should be. I mean, I'm completely good with that. I'm excited to see how the coaching staff responds based off the shenanigans that have just come down the pipe and Mm -hmm. uh, watch those guys step up and really take that captain of the ship leadership role, if you will, and, you know, see what their skill set is as far as calling plays and also how, how do the boys respond, right? When, when you take away the captain of the ship and, and now your executive officer now has to come up and, and take that particular role, how does that ship respond to their type of leadership moving yeah. forward? So that's going to be a real interesting piece to watch as uh, Saturday moves forward. And as he's, you know, however many games uh, Coach Harbaugh was suspended, but I'm really interested to see how that plays out. And a live opportunity for other jobs. You know, oh, a, lot no. of, yeah, a lot of these assistant coaches are going to be getting looks soon. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. So, I mean, you can at least say on your resume, yes, I have called a game. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we're going to be 36-point favorites in this game. So, I know we're talking about yardages and, and things like that, but you know we got to do a prediction here. So, Rob, give us a final score. All right, so we're going to cover. Uh, we, we always uh, – I think we're going to tone it down a little bit. Uh 51-14. No, 51-6. Hey, I need to uh I need to give a shout out and a little throw a little bit of praise and adulation to my boy uh 
Roman Wilson for garnering the number one jersey. He will he will wear that jersey proud and will be the best receiver to wear that jersey since Braylon. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, wearing that number one, especially at the University of Michigan, is huge based off of the pantheon of individuals that have uh, honored that number and that that jersey. So definitely looking to see what Roman brings to the table. But again, we have nothing but high hopes and high expectations that he would continue to carry on the legacy of the number one at the University of Michigan. So that's huge. And again, big shout outs to him. Hey, hey, Thomas. Yes, go ahead. And you being deeply interested into the program, Bro, they were handing out that number one willy nilly, bro. <laughs> you know? At one point in time, you know, I I think what the, there were some culture shifts. There were yeah. some culture shifts that that had took place after you know I left, and I I don't know if that was you know coaches trying to um trying to foster a, a, a deeper sort of relationship and maybe kind of become the kinder gentler. Yeah. Uh, Coaching staff, I can tell you this. When I was there, there was a a, a video that's been going around. Um, I believe they might have been in Georgia, Florida, or whatever's high school game, where the coach had punched a young man in the stomach. Boom, I saw that. Oh, they tapped him. Right. So, you know, and again, high school, college, professional, you know, layers, levels to the game, if you will. Yeah. But I, I I bring that up to say that you know during our ten there was nothing for us to you know get jabbed in the midsection when a coach came around and it was sometimes it would happen while you're mm-hmm. getting butt chewed and sometimes it would it would happen just as an attention getter like hey stay tight yeah. I'm here and but at that same point in time um and in saying this I'm not saying that coach and that high school situation was right or wrong that's not what I'm speaking about. I'm speaking about during our tenure, there was a level of physicality mm-hmm. that um, was part of our culture. And that was from the coaching coaching staff down. And that's how we played. And to your point, I think we started trying to become kinder, gentler. And during those years where we started to become kinder, gentler, you kind of saw the decline of the program, you saw that that block M didn't have the luster that it once had. You saw that mm-hmm. people weren't necessarily intimidated coming into the big house, playing in front of a hundred plus thousand people. You saw that that most beautiful helmet in college football really didn't shine like it used to. Now mm-hmm. that we're starting to turn it back up and get used to punching people in the face again, you're starting to see the results. And mm-hmm. so again, I'm looking for us to get past the point of being Big Ten good. And we're going to be national good. So point-wise, I'm going to give ECU, I'm going to give them 14. Now, whatever it is after that covering the spread and higher, whatever that that total is, because I suck at math, we'll, we'll, we should do that, right? Um, again, the only reason why I'm giving ECU the 14 is because of the fact that they bring in high-caliber athletes. And so those guys are going to be hungry. There's going to be some plays out there where their athleticism does show up and, you know, they're going to get one or two, but again, one or two and that's it. Yeah. I'm going to see the difference between you guys. I'm going to go 56 to 10. I think they'll, they'll, they'll eat one in there somewhere. I think somewhere later in the game, maybe you win a 
you know, the reserves start to come in, they'll probably get one in there somehow. So, um, but yeah, 56 to 10 is my prediction. So, uh, anything else you want to add, Rob, before we get out? Yeah, I think we're going to, uh, I think we're going to hold them two field goals, bro. Two field yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I like to see 56 to zero. That'll, that really, there's nothing better than a goose egg, but you know, like coach always said, those kids are on scholarship too. So, um, again, cannot get caught up big Michigan, little ECU, if you will. Um, got, got to remember, bro, at the end of the day, what better feather to put in their, their hat this year than to come in against the number two team at their house and knock them off. So again, like I said, I appreciate the uh, the confidence that's being shown right now, and even a little bit of the bravado. I'm still cautious because of the fact that I remember App State. I remember playing in games like this. It's a lose lose for us, right? Again, we got to get the style points. We're gonna have to press the gas from kickoff to to quadruple zeros. And like I said, if we take an L. It could be disastrous. So, hey, that, that's the general sentiment, you know, especially doing with football. But I, I'm just gonna keep it a buck. A little bit into the fourth quarter, this is gonna be me. Go <laughs> 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 blue, <know>. baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's it for uh, this week's episode of Under the Wings Helmet. Thank you to our sponsors, Javs Gym and Juke Football. You can buy their all inspired sports apparel at jukefootball.com. Also, be sure to check out the Under the Winged Helmet merchandise at asapelite.com. Come back next week where we're going to preview week two versus UNLV. And be sure to listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and the Believe Podcast Network. You can also watch us on asapelite.com and YouTube. (laughs) Wines and Rob Penn, I'm Kyle Simmons. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.